0: Welcome to Power Talk Podcast.
1: where the talk is interesting, informative, and powerful. Hello everybody. Um, we're doing something a little different today. Normally our Spotify podcasts, uh, usually Matthews the one interviewing me today, interviewing me. And uh, today we have a special guest. so we're going to do something a little different. I'm going to actually do the interviewing. Uh, It's something that I've looked forward to do. Uh, Matthew, like I said, is the one that's the uh, missing component in this podcast, but I guarantee you're going to keep him in prayer because he, him and his wife are, it's their anniversary today, and so uh, we're grateful for all that he does, and most of all, we're (laughs) blessed that, you know what, God has uh, brought me and Cindy back safely from our uh, recent vacation, so Anyway, I just want to say thank you for everybody's prayers and, and so many of the things, uh, because the last couple of weeks I haven't been been on, but we have a special guest coming up this coming Monday, Cheryl Alcorn. I guarantee you will not want to miss that podcast. Uh, and then the following week, we have Tony Henley, uh, which I guarantee, you or the, this coming week, you're going to also enjoy Tony Henley. So I guarantee you're going to enjoy it. we got a lot going on. Anyway... Uh, without further ado, I just want to welcome my, my guest today, uh, my good longtime friend. We've been friends for probably close to 26 years, maybe plus. Uh, we did a lot of youth ministry together in the early days. We've ministered together, uh, and I've seen uh, him grow in many areas, his knowledge and his leadership Uh, And he's done many engagements as far as ministering to the body of Christ, uh, whether it be in the church, teaching in schools. um, You know, this is my buddy and my friend, good friend, one of my closest friends. In fact, he's the board member of our church, a man that I trust very much. So with uh, a lot of the things that we need to make decisions on when it comes to this ministry. And his name is Tony Actually, Reverend Tony Henley with a degree, by the way. He's actually with a master's degree, I believe. So, uh, but Tony's got it together. But anyway, welcome, Tony, to our podcast.
0: Thanks for having me, Pastor Paul. It's good to be here.
1: Oh, it's great. I've been looking forward to it because I don't get to do the whole interview thing. Sure. You know, it's usually Matthew just kind of throws a bunch of them my way sure. and then we just kind of let it go from well, there. This will be fun. So, this will be fun to, I, I think, totally to be on the other end. So, but uh, I've actually looked very much forward to that just uh, this just because of that very reason. That's good. And so uh, anyway, uh, tell us a little bit about where you come from, Tony. So I, I was in the army for about seven
0: years and um, accepted the Lord at 13, filled the Holy Spirit at 15. Felt the call of ministry about 17, but I kind of chose a different path for about 10 years and got way off path. <laughs> and then about 26, 27 years old, right after I got out of the military, within a year, um, the Lord had just uh, dealt with me, dealt with me, and um, put people on my path, came back to the Lord. And the calling that was on my life at 17 was still there. Yeah. So mm-hmm. right after I got saved, I right began to volunteer in churches, did a lot of uh, lay ministry, a lot of street ministry. Yeah. Went into the boot camps in the jail with the kids for probably three or four years, um, and then eventually moved to Phoenix with the Bible college.
1: Now, that's interesting because you said 17. You knew the call of God was on your life. I'm assuming that there was probably a span, even though you knew the calling was there at 17, that it really didn't click or, so to speak, with you until at what point and what, you know.
0: Yeah, so it's interesting. Um, I'd never, I was raised in the similar of God. I never had a, a prophetic word given to me or word of wisdom. And everybody in the church kept telling me, you're called to preach, you're called to preach. Mm -hmm. And you go, okay, okay, you really... At 17, you kind of go, yeah, okay. (laughs) I don't know what that means. (laughs) But um, one night, going to a revival, we had an evangelist. And um, he had never given me a word, but he was very prophetic, very word of wisdom. And in my mind, it was really strange. I thought as I got in the car, I said, if I'm called to preach, this guy will confirm it tonight. Mm. So he preached, he prayed for people, he actually was in the closing prayer and he said he stopped and said come here tony and he said um you know he confirmed the call of my life yeah now i want to say this so from 17 it's almost like the blinders weren't off yet it wasn't until i came back to the lord at 27 that um things made sense more yeah yeah you know what i yes. mean it's like the blinders came off it's like Okay, this God thing, the Bible, it all makes sense now. And even though I was filled with the Holy Spirit, I was still, I needed a lot of um, spiritual training. Mm -hmm. That makes sense. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Well, now, that's interesting because I remember the first time we ever really had contact. I don't know if you remember this, but there was a gentleman in our youth ministry at the time. His name was Alfred Reyes. Yes. And uh it, he was working for an insurance company, I believe. Yeah. And there was somebody in your youth, the youth ministry or that was a part of youth yeah. ministry working at the church at that time, Gospel Lighthouse. Yeah. And he came in contact with them simply because of the insurance yep. thing. And as a result, we ended up, me and him had talked. And then from there, it led to me and you getting to know each other because yeah. we began to put on a youth camp. Yep. And I remember the very first time hearing you minister was probably... I believe we went to that youth camp like what, 1997 or something like that, or six. I think it was six. 1996, was we went to that youth camp.
0: Two years after I came back to the Lord.
1: Wow, so here we are, yeah. and I remember you using a, doing a message with an illustration, and I remember you had you had used a, like a prop. Yeah, know?
0: yeah, it was a scarecrow.
1: Yeah, it was a scarecrow. Yeah, yeah. So what was that message again? Do you so remember the message
0: that? was that the scarecrow has no power over the birds. And all the good stuff stuff is on the other side of the scarecrow. Oh, wow. So if the bird can get past the scarecrow, he gets all the good stuff. Oh, wow. And that's the way the devil is. And he's standing there as a scarecrow trying to scare us from getting all that God has for us.
1: That's really good.
0: Yeah, that was a long time ago. That was a long yeah, time ago. That's that what message. I
1: remember. I remember that prop. That was a fun message, yeah. that was, It was a fun, fun uh, so youth camp. So
0: that was a life-changing youth camp, even just ministering there. Um, seeing, I remember, I mean... Kids were coming up for the baptism of the Holy Spirit, and they were getting baptized before they even got to the altar.
1: Yeah, they sure were. It was phenomenal. I'll never forget that. Because I remember in that camp, we had one camp prior to that. Yeah. And uh, I don't want to go into us too much, but I just remember that because we were only averaging about 10 to 15 kids a week. Yeah. Well, we went to go to that camp. About 50 of them showed up to say, we want to go. And I'm like, I didn't even know there was 50 kids in our youth, in in our church at that time. Right. I'd never seen them. Uh, and yet they were there I guess they yeah. were just going to the main sanctuary at that time So we went yeah. to the camp and all these parents were like Well take our kid, take our kid Yeah. So we ended up, we had a revival And then that's when we met you And then the second camp we I think we packed out that little chapel yeah. That I think it was roughly around 100 to 120 We packed it, we out. Packed it out every yeah. night And I'll never forget We had leaders, yeah. we had young people And yeah. I remember Like you said, kids that Never had a real experience with God. Yeah. They were crying. Oh, it was
0: phenomenal, man! It was, it was. You know, there's something about camps too. I mean, you know, church is fantastic, but there's something about when you get away mm-hmm. and you're not worried about all. You know, and and I think we put a lot. There was a lot of prayer into that camp. For sure. There was, and to rewind a little bit, I wasn't the youth pastor at the church. I was just a lay minister. Right. That, I the pastor that. Was using me a lot for preaching, but uh, I don't even remember. I think Rick might have been running the youth or something then. I think but, it was Rick, yeah. Yeah, and then um, he asked me to speak, and or you know, and he connected us, and uh, yeah, and we've been friends ever since.
1: And that's something, yeah. yeah and, and it's been a great friendship, um, you know. That's why I say I, I love reminiscing a little bit about those old days because sure. it's like it's amazing when you can see even how good things were. The progress that still occurs yeah. in that in that time period and uh i know you you've gone on to get your degree uh you now have a family uh you know things have just continued to progress in your life yeah
0: yeah so i was in lay ministry for till 90 till 2000 wow. and then that's when i moved till uh, so for the first um five six years after i got saved probably six years i I was blessed. I had pastors that preached me that really invested in teaching me spiritual things, mm-hmm. teaching me how to minister from the pulpit. Mm-hmm. Um, I didn't realize how blessed I was until I went to Bible college when I met a lot of people that had obviously had calls on their life but nobody had really invested in them. Right. And that's that's the benefit of your local church and pastor, having yeah. a pastor. Yeah. Because I'd had my pastors saw something in me. I never went to them. God told me when I came back to the Lord, I asked him about my calling, and he said, never ask a man for a pulpit. And so I've never done that. So I've always just prayed. When God gives me messages, he gives me a door. Yeah. And that's kind yeah. of the way it's been for me. Um, even working in church, there's seasons where I would teach and seasons I wouldn't. But it was when, when I was ready, I was ready. You know yeah. what I mean? Yeah. And um, so... I moved to Phoenix, went to Bible college, came back, um, went full-time um, at a church for a number of years. Um, we started Bible college there. Um, never thought I would do that. Never had a, yeah. never, I mean, was approached, right. never brought it to them. They asked me to start it. And that was a great, it's just been a progressive, you, you know, you can rewind your life and even us reminiscing and see how God has guided us through these years. Because yeah. I've done a bunch of different things in ministry. Now I'm a chaplain for hospice, and a lot of those things prepared me for that. You mm-hmm. know what I'm saying? Yeah. So it's like God just adds to it, for sure. Yeah,
1: yeah, Because yeah, that's one thing you'll find is a lot of people think that the vision is kind of a a destination. In other words, right. we're going to reach it, and then then we go, then it's done, or we go on to something else. When in reality, a good vision. Is progressive in nature. You may kind of attain a lot of what's in it. What I found, but then God adds to it, like you said.
0: You know, yeah, it's funny you say that because where I'm at right now. So the things that I, it's, it's really this has just come back last couple of weeks. You know, my nine year old son has a real heart for ministry, really, and
1: mm-hmm.
0: he brings up things that I'm doing that he wants to do like you know first he told me you know all kids tell their dad they want to be what their dad is you know oh, he hey. said well i want to be a chaplain but then the other day he said remember how i said i want to be a chaplain i go yeah he goes well maybe i'll start a college too oh wow a bible college and then he talks about missions so i said all that to say that um for me in ministry and we started i started my non-profit tony Hill ministers which you're on my board right we started that in 2004 and um, more as an evangelistic, kind of a covering for more for um, incoming finances at that time. Yeah. But it's it's kind of morphed since then. And one of my focuses is, is, is really equipping the, uh, I believe that discipleship is one of the things that churches uh, can be helped in. Yeah. And so it's really focusing on discipleship and that's through podcasts, through online things. And, you know, we're still in a progress of putting things together, but now what i'm seeing is legacy mm-hmm. so you're not building this tony henley ministries just for tony yeah. this is something your son will step into one day
1: yeah very good
0: that's kind of what the lord has been showing me
1: that, that, that's a really good point you know because i don't think a lot of ministers worth that are worth their weight and salt they really do know what they're doing they always leave out the one element they leave out the future yeah they think about their now okay i need to go find another pulpit to minister i need to go find another opportunity and and yeah. here you are you're saying the one thing that i that i don't see a lot of fathers right. who know that their sons are called invest into their own sons and stuff and i see you doing that today by the way tony did this today he was a guest minister in our church and he had his son seth get up there and start the message off and tony just kind of transitioned and slid right into it with a great message on top of what his son shared so my point to you tony is that kudos because i'm like that's what more men need to do well, you
0: know, yeah, so my view of ministry is, and again, you, you know me, I, I didn't get married till I was 43. Mm-hmm. But my view of ministry is that your family is your first ministry. Yeah. And um, so, and my son's teaching me this really through the Lord, mm-hmm. is that investing in him at an early age is, we're getting him filled up to where one day he can, you know, should God call him to take over that, he right. would be able to do that. And, um, we read the Bible every night. We pray, we, we, we get prayer cards through super kids of kids overseas. My son prays for all their prayer points every night. Wow. I mean, it's just, uh, but again, you, you raise your sons, you know, we raise our children, um, to, you know, love the Lord. Yeah. And he, I don't tell him to raise his hands in church. He does. <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? I see him do it. Um, yeah. He does. So. Yeah. You know, it's really investing in the future, and I think that's um, for me. I, you know, I, again, I, I never thought or planned it that way. I knew I would invest in my son, but I never thought or planned that he would have a heart for ministry.
1: Then I think the question is: then, is investment uh, more happen chance or intentional?
0: Uh, I think it's intentional as well as happen yeah. chance. So, okay. you know, I, I think intentional is a big thing. Mm-hmm. Um, One of the things um, I learned about when I was in Bible college um, is that kids, you know, whether it's an animal or people, they learn through um, um, things being modeled for them. Mm -hmm. So, you know, the story, they had a story on CBS they did a number of years ago on elephants. And these young elephants were uh, becoming violent and they were Mm -hmm. killing other animals. And their parents had been poached. So their parents oh, wow. were killed. Yeah. And um, they were going to have to kill these elephants. So they didn't know what to do. So they, somebody said, let's put in grown-up elephants with them. Hmm. And when they did that, the young elephants mellowed out. Wow. And what they found was the young elephants were experiencing their sex drive for the first time, but they didn't know how to respond to it. Wow, interesting. And so in our society, um, there's a book called Bonding Doctor. Donald Joyce says that if a child is left to fend for himself, he becomes violent. That's our society. That's our society. So kids are experiencing things um, for the first time that are legitimate. You know, they they get angry the first time. They get happy the first time. They have a failure the first time. They experience sex drives first. But they don't know how to handle it because it's not modeled. And I think it's the same thing with Christianity. Mm -hmm. So my view is that my son needs to see Dad pray. Yeah. He needs to see Dad read the Word. He needs to see... um, us raise our hands in church, us, Mm -hmm. you know, uh, worship in church. Um, and me not telling him to do it, he's just done it Yeah. because it's being modeled. Yeah. But it's in the home. Everything starts in the home.
1: That's good. That's really good. Then kind of going a little bit off subject then a little different direction then, because I, I really like that because again, I totally agree with you. You have to look at our society and say, what's wrong. Yeah, and when you look at the majority of our society it's not it there's obviously a problem in the older generation we know that but it's not the older generation that's out doing the riots either usually it's right. it's younger people they have the energy i would say that that would probably what plays into would it be fatherlessness than you would think does that contribute to what so you're really about?
0: yeah i think that's a big thing well yeah so that's a big topic so in my my opinion and from what i've read and I think, you know, one of the, we're seeing a lot of gender. Uh, there's a lot of confusion. Mm-hmm. Men being girls, girls being men, things like that. So there's a lot of confusion, and the enemy's attack is to, uh, is to attack your identity. Yeah. And men give boys identity. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah. Fathers give their families identity. Yeah. So if the father's missing, you know, moms, bless their heart, they do the best they can. Yeah. Some of them are wearing both hats. They're working. They're trying to provide for families. Um, but... Men are the ones that need to lead in the home, mm-hmm. and what's happened is, is, um, and I'll just be very blunt with you. There's just a bunch of pansies out there because yeah. when it gets tough, they leave. That's good. That's good. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. When it gets tough, they leave. They're not willing to work through a relationship. Yeah, relationships are not easy you know you, you got to work through them you, <laughs> you gotta yeah I mean it's it's a it's a progress it's it's a constant working um, it's a give and take it's a compromise it's a negotiation yeah. it's all of that and uh, we have to um, I, I, I think with marriage that it should be more of a covenant than a commitment mm-hmm. covenant oh. is you know we're, we're, we're in it for the long haul yeah and through the good and bad and I think kids uh-huh. need to see that so yeah. if they don't see that they're they're looking for whatever they can grab a hold of, yeah. An identity. So my identity is I'm a, um this color or I'm, I'm this kind of person. Right. When reality, you know, we're all created equal. And if men are teaching their kids, you know, I was raised um, in the South in Georgia, mm-hmm. um, blacks and whites. Now, now, think about this. This was in the mid '70s. Yeah. Where um, just a few years before that, my stepbrothers were actually in schools that were segregated. Oh, wow. And I didn't realize that until I was older. Yeah. So um, we were taught to treat people the way you want to be treated. Yeah. And my parents weren't Christians. Right. But they still said, you treat them the way you want them to treat you, and they'll treat you right.
1: There's still ethic- ethical values yeah. applied in life, yeah. even if you don't know Jesus, so to yeah. speak. Yeah. Yeah.
0: So color, race, um, all that—you treat people the way you want to be treated with respect, mm-hmm. and when you do that, that's what you get in return. You reap what you sow, pretty much. Wow, you know what I mean? Yeah. So if we treat people bad, we're, we're, what was our expectation? We're gonna, we're gonna reap that.
1: Then with the identity problem that you see in this country, uh, probably local. I mean, we even see it in church now. You know, you know, when I was growing up, kind of going to what you were just saying. We didn't see kids that weren't, that were misbehaving, you know, granted the kids may have had problems in home and this sure. and that, but dad didn't still have a problem, uh, administering discipline, um, today, because like today we had in our church service that you may not have known it, but there was a couple of ladies there that, that are single bringing their kids in, you know, and you know, in time that it's going to reveal itself because of the fact that there's an identity problem that's going to occur because. There's not that true disciplinarian of a of that father figure. So, knowing that, how do we? What what would be kind of your solution to maybe stopping some of the, you know, potential fatherlessness where a man will run. The mother's left, to to really try to be a man, but she can't be. There's a limitation on yeah. what she can do. Re- wearing both hats. Yeah. Where do we kind of put a stop to that? So,
0: yeah, so here's, you as a pastor, you'll want to hear this, but this is my view. So God created us for community.
1: Mm -hmm.
0: We live in a a culture where there's not community. Even though you live in a city, nobody knows who their neighbor is. It's true. Okay, but even in church, you know, everybody moves, you know, for jobs, for different reasons. My personal view is, is that... So, for me, for instance, my dad, I was only with my dad for maybe three years as a child. I have no memory of my parents ever being married. Um, Other than, you know, I knew he was my dad and I lived with him from 10 to about almost 13 years old. Mm -hmm. My dad was an alcoholic, was ex-military, He served in two wars. He was a damaged dude. Right. You know what I'm saying? Right, right. So, but he didn't teach me too much of how to be a man. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? But... There was other men in the church. There was mm-hmm. other men in the community that I learned more about being a man and in the army that I learned how to be a man from. Yeah. So we need models. Now, you you know, um, if, if somebody doesn't have a father, I think really the church has a great opportunity mm-hmm. to to create environments to where kids can come in. Some churches do like these these um, almost like Boy Scouts, but they're within the church. Like mm-hmm. um, some of the God does one. I don't remember what it's called. Yeah. But uh, then they have one with the girls. Um, I was in a church; they didn't have the organized. They weren't Assembly of God, so they tr- started their own boys' girl boys club, girls club. These were kids from the neighborhood that were single parent mm. families, and men would teach them how to fish and how to hunt and how yeah. to tie a knot and how to um, you know open the door for a girl. You know what I mean? So they would teach them things that that would help them in society. And I think that's where. We, as a church we really have a great opportunity to do that you know
1: you know that's good because basically what you're saying is is because a lot of times there's a couple of ministers out there i won't mention their name they're really good and they're really big on 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 identity but a lot of their identity is being is based on the fact that that we become valid of be by who we are connected who with and that's Christ. Right. And so they talk about it. And I'm like, that is so important. Yeah, yeah. But then there's kind of a different, the, the, fa- the physical side of it where yeah. there's physical values applied to helping us understand who we are. So yeah, yeah a boy's going to naturally want to go jump off a cliff where a girl wants to should naturally want to put a bow in her hair. Yeah, 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 and yeah. so you're saying that there's, there's this, this thing to help us provide also through sight, through touch, through feel, right?
0: Yeah, so Christianity, you know, again, God created us for community. And I Mm -hmm. think that's really the, you know, I think that's the answer to discipleship. I think that's the answer to um, the church being what God called us to be. So, for instance, I had a guy come to my church years ago and I told him, yeah, my pastor believes that God told her specifically that we're going to have revival. And he looked at me and he smiled and he said, every pastor has got that word. Yeah. And I kind of looked at him and it kind of caught me off guard. And I said, what do you mean? He goes, we're the body of Christ, Tony. Is he going to tell one part of the body he's going to do something and not the other part?
1: Right.
0: My point is, is we're created for community Mm -hmm. as the body of Christ. So community meets a lot of needs. And if we look at the early church in Acts, it said they met and they broke bread. They They met together throughout the week. You know what I'm saying? They were yeah. they were intertwined. It even said they sold everything and gave to each other. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So so as a church, I think that we're, we can, you know, we might not be able to change the city of Bakersfield as far as community, but we can take the church, the local church, and create a community there. Mm, that's good. So that community takes care of their own, so to speak. You yeah. know what I mean? When kids come in and they're single parents, now, you know, maybe a, a, a couple goes and starts mentoring them and, starts helping those kids or whatever. You know what I mean? So it's just creating an environment to where a a single parent is safe coming in. You know what I mean? They feel like, hey, we're we're actually wanted here. You know, Mm -hmm. we can actually be part of this. And then, you know, taking that child and just depositing in them the spiritual, they need to know who they are in Christ. But then they also need to know, you know, how do you act when you are around other people? How do you treat a girl when you're a boy how do you yeah how do you protect yourself when you're a girl you know what i'm saying so they need those things and i think the church it's not their sole responsibility but i believe that local churches can uh find ways to fill that need
1: i hear you that's good yeah that's really good and what it does is it gives really young men and young ladies an opportunity to feel comfortable in their own skin and I yeah. think that this is why we do have a lot of that gender confusion yeah. and uh, uh, confusion as to who we are as a person yeah, yeah. and so we're trying to reach out and discover it and we discover it usually in very perverted ways Yeah, yeah, yeah. and we try and then what I see is we we compromise it and then it becomes taller. then we have to become tolerant yeah, yeah. if you don't prescribe to it
0: exactly. and if
1: you don't tolerate it what happens? You're racist, you're this or you're that. And it's like, okay. But in reality, what really is needs is what you just touched on. Is that, look, come together as a community and put your hands into somebody's life. Yeah, yeah. Not on their life, obviously, but in their life. Yeah, yeah. And I think you're right on. I think because it, it takes a man to raise a man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Takes a, a wonderful woman of God to raise another wonderful woman of God. I agree 100%. And so that's good. Yeah.
0: And that's the thing, you know, it's models guy cuz I I can remember through my life there's um certain uh people I worked for in the military that um mm-hmm. uh, great deal of respect for. I mean, they were men. Yeah. And they they weren't afraid to um you know, part of it is it's not only teaching, but it's believing in people. Yeah. You know, taking kids that you you know, we can see as grown ups potential in them that maybe they don't see. Or maybe they know it's there but they don't know how to tap into it. And right. we help them do it. So finding people that really will invest in you and, and, and just care about you just for who you are. You know, and I That's think kids true. need that. Kids need that. I mean I look at my sons, I mean they need they need a dad and they need a mom. The mom, you know, she plays a role. And then I play a role and we, um, I mean, she teaches him as much Bible as I do. So we both combined, Mm -hmm. he gets, you know, the complete package, you know?
1: No, that's true. And not only
0: that, we teach him, you know, you teach, and you know, this as a father. We teach him life skills.
1: Yeah.
0: You know, how do you interact with other kids? How do you, you know, um, you know, and and I think too, is I think never, um, for me, I never want to, because he, you know, he's young and has a lot of uh, outlandish dreams, but those are okay. Yeah. I never want to diminish those. Yeah. You know what I mean? You want to allow him to do that and dream. Um, I mean, he, it's amazing. He saw a guy doing a podcast on TV and he wanted to do a podcast. That was like four or five years old. Wow. And then he wanted to do the YouTube. So we started doing the YouTube. Um, Then he said, well, let's go witnessing to people. I never talked to him about that. Wow. You know what I mean? Um, and then it's like, uh, yeah, let's start a call. You know, it's just, you know, so it's so for me, it's like I just one day I just kind of clicked. It's like oh, this is my ministry right now. <laughs> right. You know what I mean? Yeah. This is who I need to be investing in uh, long term. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Kids are awesome. And they, they are awesome. Well, then, was there a point then in your life that you can honestly pinpoint it or, or was it just sort of an accumulation where you can pinpoint or, or you can say, this is where I became very self-aware of what I'm talking about, because what you're talking about, a lot of people really never see what hear what you're saying.
0: Yeah, so you know, ministry is a funny thing. You know, so I've worked a lot of secular jobs while doing ministry, and then I've been in ministry um, full time in different seasons. Um, it seems like there's always an internal struggle, kind of like, well, I should be doing this, I should be doing that, right. I got to do that, I got to do more. And for me, probably about six months ago, the Lord just really dealt with me that you need to focus on one thing at a time. Mm-hmm. It's not that you're doing one thing at a time, but you need to put your focus into whatever, accomplish this and then go accomplish that. Yeah. So in the midst of that, you know, um, yeah, we, again, like I say, we're kind of rebranding, re- redoing um, our ministry. In the midst of that, you know, my son starts talking about these ministry things. Yeah. And It's like the light bulb just went off. It's like, you know, yeah, you need to do this and do it right because you're you're not only doing it for you or even the people you touch you're doing it for him to step into eventually Right. you know what I mean? I sure do and so you know I just believe the Lord showed me that you know Um, and that's probably in the last year
1: that's good
0: Um, so we've kind of backed off a few things and right now we're in the process of getting Randy to like you know he does the Bible stories with Seth and Dad Um, he's already recorded probably 10 deals so i have to get them my aspect ready So you need to get your part Clark. yeah That's really yeah cool so then once we start doing that and then we're trying to do the the videos a little more high quality um there's a guy out there that he does a, a daily bible study um it's called an armor bear or something uh, in porterville and he does it on social media he's probably been doing it 10 years so he approached me about uh, using our material on his stuff mm-hmm. so it's just you know it just kind of the, the thing about doing it is like as we start doing things, God just kind of—it just—you never see the next step, but God opens the next step. Yeah, yeah. It's, he guides uh, totally. us as we walk.
1: Totally. Yeah, you know. I I think it's great. So then, right now with everything going on the way it is at the moment, uh, let's let's kind of turn a different corner here. Uh, kind of, I guess it would still be in the same level, but we we have potentially a lot of political you know things going on in the world that's creating problems it's it's creating confusion we know that there's it creates a bad spiritual climate or it could create a good spiritual climate just depends on what side of the fence that people are choosing to work on but in the as in the long run i also see how it affects society at large and the ones that i see it affect the most are the ones kind of the age range that we're talking about that younger group of society that you and i used to be a part of yeah now we're older so yeah yeah, yeah. but i see it just kind of it just elevates that emotion in them now what do we need in our society from our politicians do you think that's going to help kind of ease that what is all of that what do you see in all that so, yeah, my, my, my opinion is a little different
0: than most. I don't yeah. know. Uh, so, m- my personal opinion, I think a lot of the elections, um, a lot of politics in the past couple of years, especially with uh, cable news, mm-hmm. has been a distraction of the body of Christ. That's good, yeah. I think that we've got so focused on a man or a, a political party solving yeah. our problems when the reality is God's God's calling us to do what we're called to do as That's Christians. Good. So, my thing is... is um, we need to focus on what's good, what's pure, what's mm, holy. What's we need to focus on the good. Yeah. And how do we do that? We focus on God and God's word. So, rather than get so now, that doesn't mean we don't vote. That doesn't right. mean we are not active. We can have causes and go for them. Yeah. It's funny because I see different ministries. Um, you know, it seems like everybody's kind of focused on their own thing. Yeah. It's like one ministry is focused on protecting Israel. One's focused on That's protecting, true. you know, the the schools. One's focused on And that's good Mm -hmm. because we can't be, you know, everywhere. But I think my personal opinion, um, what we need to do is we need to create venues to train young people um, with godly values to fill those positions. I mean, um, people always, if you say you're a politician, they would view you in a negative, but it's really not a negative. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, You know, you you have to be educated to be a politician. You have to be educated to be a judge. You have to be educated to be a lawyer in a school. You know, they talk about the seven mountains. You know, there's seven areas that we need to influence. And the problem is, is the church has given territory up uh, for too long. Mm. One of is a political government, one school. Um, we need to be able to have Christians to step into these areas right. in the media. That's good. You know, what if we have Christian broadcasters? You know, we're seeing that now on some programs yeah, now. We are. Yeah. So um, I think that we really need to focus on um, not so much the negative, mm-hmm. but let's take, if a young person comes to us and talks to us about how they want to change the world, so let's sit down and talk a plan. Yeah. Okay, well, how do you, you know, protesting is not going to change the world. <laughs> right. So right. what if you become a lawyer? Yeah. and you help just dis- you know people that are you know being kind abused. Of disenfranchised and yeah. stuff yeah what if you become a judge what if you become a school teacher and you sow into these young kids lives um, godly values you're making what what i mean what's the what's the dividend on that Oh, boy you know what i mean yeah. so i think with young people we need to be able to direct them down the right path and again i think i think the church as a whole i think we do a great job but i think there's just some areas and it all goes back to community again yeah if we can create you know if they see a man in church that's a politician that has godly values then they're going to want to emulate that yeah you know what i mean Mm -hmm. if they see a um a good police officer that loves the lord yeah if they see a a teacher you know that that worships on sunday and they see her at school on monday yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. So I think creating the positive, I think we focus on the negative. We're always going to get the negative. And okay. I think the yeah. news, and whether you're conservative or liberal, news, news breeds fear. Oh, boy. So we have to make yeah. sure that we um, teach our young people not to, not to feast on that.
1: So so basically, there's got to be a way to, it's like what you're saying, we, we've got to be very probably intentional or conscientious of almost trying to steer them away from, yeah. from a lot of the, the the political hoopla. Because in reality, it doesn't seem to me, at least scripturally, that we have the ability. Like you just said, protesting isn't going to change it. So we don't have the ability to change it necessarily by by screaming and hating each other. Right. It seems to me like it's always going to come back to like what you just said. It's going to come through staying close in God's word and filling yeah. up with the good things. It's the Second Chronicles 7.14. Exactly. If we'll humble ourselves and pray. And uh, I think you're right on, my brother. I, I think we've, as Christians, we're extremely distracted. Let me ask you, what is it? I mean, I think I may know, but but at the same time, I want to know what you think is, what do you think that we tend to gravitate towards distraction for? Well, so,
0: so if we rewind four, six years ago. Yeah. Okay, so... I don't want to get too political here, but yeah. we spent eight years with one of the most um, negative um, anti-Christian presidents in America.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah,
0: And so what at, What came after that was a president that embraced Christianity, it had a lot of faults, Yes, right. but increased, embraced the Christian community That's and listened. Right. Yeah. So Christians felt like we finally have a voice. Yeah. We finally... And it wasn't just your 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 denominationals. It was your Pentecostals, your Independents. It was everybody. Mm-hmm. So now all of a sudden we have a voice, and I think that was a distraction. Yeah. Because we got as a I'm talking church. I'm talking to Christian community. We got so um, dependent on a man. Yeah. And and we know good and well that the man has issues just like everybody does <laughs> That's it. so we and and that doesn't mean we don't support um a pro-christian president we Sorry. we should pray for every president i agree even the one there now we should be praying for them yeah. that um god will, you know the bible says uh i think it's a proverb that says that the king's heart is like a river in god's hand he can direct it wherever he chooses yeah so if we take and I mean if we begin to pray for these people that God will put godly people around them that they'll make wise choices, and we really intercede for them, I think we can see God guide them. Um, but again, what is what is the church's mission?
1: Yeah,
0: you know, are we we're we're to, the Bible says Jesus said to go make disciples. Right. So if that's our mission, are politics going to make disciples? Not necessarily. No, uh-uh. So I think what we have to do, again, we focus on what we can do right. Yeah. We support who we need to support.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: We vote who we need to vote for. But we all know that the spirit of Antichrist is here. Yeah. So, you know, it's just, we just have to be really discerning, I think, especially with politics. I, agree. I, agree. I think we just really have to trust God and rather than get distracted on what's going on around us. Again, the news. Yeah. and it's not just the news it's social media right. people post all these different things that are negative or positive and we take them as fact and yeah. it's not and, and sometimes we don't even have the whole story and then we go listen to it you have the clickbait. You, you you see a headline you say oh my gosh they did that and then you click on it it has nothing to do with the nothing t- to do with the title uh, yeah so it's just it's it's sowing it's the enemy has used it to sow confusion and discord
1: that's really good because you're right Distraction is, 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 I personally think, at least in the world around us at the moment. I mean, of course, Satan is much deeper than that. But, I mean, overall, distraction seems to be his number one, you know, tool, so to speak. But then, I don't know. Have you ever noticed that it seems like people, even Christians, have a propensity for drama? Well, yes, of course they do. You know?
0: Yeah, and again, that goes to media. We've watched yeah. all these movies with drama, uh-huh. and we want it in our own lives. And, and again, it's distraction. So yeah. the movies, you know, the horror movies. So our picture of the devil is somebody scratching at your window with horns. <laughs> right. That's not him. No. It says he even comes as a, you know, an angel of light, right? That's right. So, so we have this view, and I know people that, so what you feed on is what you see in life. There you go. I remember we went up to an old hotel as a staff for a church. And we were having a dinner. They had this really nice restaurant. So we're having this dinner. And in the middle of the dinner, two people at the table said they saw a ghost walk by. Oh, wow. Nobody else saw that. But those two people watch ghost stories on TV all the time. Oh, wow. So they were looking for that. We weren't.
1: So they're kind of in tune to that world in a way because they open up doors and whatever. Yeah.
0: So the the point is, is so if we're looking for the bad and we feed on the bad, we'll always see the bad. Mm -hmm. But if we feed on the good, then we'll always see the good.
1: good. Uh, And that's Galatians 5. Whatsoever things you sow to the flesh, you reap in the flesh. Whatsoever things you sow to the Spirit, you will also reap in the Spirit. So what are we looking for? And if we're always looking for the negative, I mean, I can,
0: and, and, and I think it's men's fallen nature. Yeah. Because we all can look at anybody and find their faults. Oh, boy. It's so oh boy, easy to do. It's, it's easy. And uh, But why not look for the good? Yeah. You know what I mean? And that's really what God wants us to do. He wants us, to, I mean, love. Faith works by love. So we're supposed to love our neighbors ourselves. We're supposed to love people. But if we're always looking in the Christian world, we look at other Christians in a negative light so many times. You know what I mean? We, yeah. We'll look at a preacher on TV. Yeah, but he did this. Or yeah, he's that. or We don't talk about how many people got saved on Sunday.
1: I <laughs> know. It's true. You know what
0: yeah. I mean? So I think we, you know, what we feed on is what we're going to get. And again, that, that you take the old revivalists. So let's look at like Smith Wigglesworth. Smith Wigglesworth never read anything but the Bible. Right. You see books that are published by, they'll say by Smith Wigglesworth. He didn't publish those. No, he didn't. They took his sermons and they put books together. The point is, is he fed on God's word all the time. Yeah. So when you feed on that all the time, then that's what your expectation is.
1: That's good.
0: You know, if we look at the negative, you know, politics, for instance. You know, let's look at the media. The media seems to go from one hot spot to the next. What was today's news will be, if something else happens, you'll never even hear about that again. It'll, it'll go to something else. Right. You know, they get kind of get on these spots, and then everybody focuses on that. What's the vaccine? What's this? What's that? Yeah. You know, and, you know, we've learned over the past what couple of years, you know, that they really feed, they have a bigger control in society than we ever thought.
1: Because it seems to me like they know what hot button issue to push, to create the distraction that that we that we seem to gravitate to because we like the drama that's created by that. We all
0: want to debate. We, yeah. we all want to give our point. You know, yeah. I, I used to go around this guy. So this this one particular person, I won't even say his name, but um, every time I would go that around this particular person, I could tell that he had seen something I had posted on facebook or something because and it was that was political i don't do it anymore and the reason i don't do the political post anymore is because i realized that he, this person was always gravitated toward that negativity yeah every time i got around them they would bring that subject up because they knew it was a hot button for me right so right. what i did after that and i and I, once i realized that every time i'd get around them and they would bring it up i just really wouldn't comment on it right because it was, it was pointless
1: it totally is.
0: So it's people and so that's the prime example of how the world works right now is everybody wants to push a hot spot. I want to get you riled up. I want, you, there's no neutral ground anymore.
1: No, and, and there isn't no neutral ground. You either you not the, and well I can't say that a lot of people are staying away from the politics, but one thing I've learned is that you can stay above it by by not allowing it to 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 feed off of it, like exactly, you were saying. Exactly. Exactly. I mean, I know what's going on in the world, but you know what? At the same time, I'm not really interested in having the conversation all the time, so it doesn't just build up even more. No, I, I, I in fact, I would even tell people a lot. You know what? If it just disturbs you and makes you all wild, right, then don't even go near it at all. Yeah. You really don't need it. The Word of God's going to get you through. If the world falls apart, it will get you through. Yeah. But if you can, if you can look at it. And see it and really utilize it. Kind of, uh, how, how can I say it? Measure it up against God's word. Not up against your emotions. I agree. You know, somebody posted, there was one lady posted. She
0: said, um, "She said I watch politics, but I use it as prayer points.
1: Yeah, exactly. Exactly. And I'm like, yeah,
0: that's great. That's what we should be really doing. And then, well, that's the thing. You know, we all have our views. We all have our I can fix the world mentalities. Yep. And the reality is, is you know. We really need to pray for those in leadership. The Bible specifically tells us to do that. We need to vote. We need to vote uh, righteously. We need to pray before we vote. We need to, not just because that person's hair is good or that one's not. You know what I mean? We yeah. need to vote because they believe um, some biblical values. You know. But we also need to understand too that Paul, no politician is going to fix what's going on in the world.
1: No. no. Only you
0: know Jesus. Jesus left the church here. Come on. And, you know, the local church, I've always, I've said this, and I know I've told you this before. My view is this. So anytime evil is on the land, if you look in the scripture, it's funny. It says in Kings, it says, and Ahab became king over Israel, and there was no one more wicked than Ahab. And the very next scripture says, and Elijah the Tishbite came to town. <laughs> wow. God always raises up something or somebody that is polar opposites of the demonic. And I believe in the end times, it's not going to be a person. It's going to be the local church. It will be the person. It will be the person of Christ. It will be the body of Christ. But it's not going to be an individual. It's not going to be a superstar on TV. It's going to be blue-collar people that are making a difference in their communities.
1: I I agree with you. Because we've always relied on somebody. And I think that's kind of where the church is right now. I think this is like what you were going back to. Look. I knew a lot of people that were more enamored that are Christ, that were Christians, by the way, enamored with the fact that Donald Trump should win. And what did they do? They put everything on Donald Trump rather than saying, "God, it's in your hands." Yeah. They didn't. They put very. They prayed for Trump, but they didn't pray to God. Yeah. They prayed for Trump. In other words, they prayed for a man. When in reality, we still need Christ in the Oval Office. They weren't yeah. thinking about that. Yeah. And so my point is is that a man kind of became our God
0: yeah it's in America it's it's politics I mean even parties have become their God yes and th- they're not going to solve it and, and and the the problem is is both parties they all have um they all have some they've all got secrets and uh, yeah. it's all about money and power man yeah it's yes. all about money and power and that's the reality is if we can focus on God-hmm um, we vote righteously. That doesn't mean we don't keep up with what's going on in the world. Right. But you can do that in a way, like the woman said, prayer points. You can do that in a way, okay, I'm informed, but I'm not I'm not so agitated by it that it's yeah. affecting my, my, my Christian walk. Exactly. I know Christians, I know, I mean, I, I literally, well, I say they're Christians, but I, I've heard a lady say that I don't I won't listen to any Christian anymore because they voted for Trump. Oh, wow. So that's how much of a divide politics uh, brought in America. Yeah, um, and it's not his fault. It's not. It's it's the people's fault. Yeah. Again, um, we we gravitated. You know, I think the Christian Church again. I think they gravitated because he said everything they needed to hear. Yeah. And he also did. He did what he said Many he was going to do as far as Christians. Yes. Um, so people ran to him and. Um, I said from the beginning, you know, a lot of people had a lot of photo shoots with him when they should have really focused on making a difference in other areas.
1: Yeah, I totally agree. You know, now that he's there, now I got to go do my part. Instead, we didn't. We just sat back and said, okay, take care of it for me. And that's that's not the way
0: God works. God wants us to, you know, God's given us a lot of good promises, but he wants us to
1: act on it. Amen. Well, in closing then, because this was a great talk, you know, if there was one thing specific to what we see in the world and really because i know that you kind of keep afloat of what's going on in the world around you and i know that you're called by god as a minister knowing that you see what it's going to take to even raise your child it, when you look at all that that together and the landscape of what's going on what would be the one thing if you could interject in inject it with or infuse it with something you'd say This is where I would put my needle. Where would that be right now?
0: Wow. Yeah. So, again, I think it goes back to, um, you know, churches talk a lot about revival. Mm -hmm. And I think each one of us have to have our own personal revival. Yeah. We all have to have our own. We were talking this morning about our lentil field to where we made a choice to stand.
1: Mm -hmm.
0: And um you know in my own life you know it's it's you know life's a journey you don't have all the answers given to you right you know with me i came from a broken family so nobody really set me down and said this is how life is i had to figure it out as i went i'm still figuring it out but um in saying that i believe that if we can get close to god he's going to guard us shield us from a lot of things yeah. and he's also going to guide us and i mean we got to realize you know the holy spirit lives in us come on And if the Holy Spirit lives in us, then He wants to talk to us. He wants to guide us. He wants to direct our steps. Um, You know, and it's doing things that are not natural for us.
1: Yeah.
0: You know, Peter went to uh, Jesus and he said, Hey, you know, we got to pay taxes to Caesar. He said, All right. And he said, Go take a fishing pole and fish. That's not how Peter was used to fishing. He Uh, fished with nets. Yeah. Yeah he pulled in big big you know loads of fish yeah. but he went out there with a fishing pole and he pulled in a fish and pulled the money out of its mouth and paid yeah. the debt so i say that to say this that you know sometimes god will and i believe that he's doing that with all of us he's asking us to do things that maybe are against what we normally do mm-hmm. it's not the norm it's not the norm but he he wants to bless us by doing those things being obedient to him being obedient, yeah big. and that's listening to him so if we can listen to him in our homes he'll tell us how to raise our kids yeah if we can listen to him on our job he'll tell us how to have favor on our job and yeah, work yeah, give on. us good work ethic if he'll tell you know if we can talk to him about our finances he'll, t- he'll teach us how to balance our checkbook if we talk to him about our health He'll tell us what to cut out and what to put in. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So if we talk to Him about those things, then we have to be prepared to act upon it when He tells us. That's good. So I think the main thing is really getting close to God and listening to Him. I love it. And then being obedient to that.
1: That's really good. Wow. You know what? I, I appreciate all your insight, Tony. You. I mean, we could probably go on for hours because yeah, me and, and, and you love to talk. We love it. We We you got to understand, listener. We Me and Tony, we, we've we been around each other for so many years. And we spend just enough time apart away from each other that by the time we get to see each other face to face, we just explode on each other. and We have great talks (laughs) and it's a blessing. Tony, thank you for being with us today. Thank you for having me. And I guarantee you, listener, if you, uh, I guarantee you need to go listen to his message. Uh, What was the name of the title of your message? Don't quit. Don't quit. Beautiful message. I guarantee you it will inspire. It will encourage. But most of all. It's healing in a time when people are hurting. It's a great message. Go listen to that. Thank you for listening to us. Go to powerhousechurch.us and we look forward to hearing some comments. God bless you. Thank you for joining us today. Power Talk Podcast is brought to you by Powerhouse Church. You can find us at
0: fellowship.fm and Spotify. If you would like more information, prayer, or want to contact us, go to powerhousechurch.us.